This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach, heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrack, and today we have two fabulous celebrity guests on the show who have a very famous podcast called Excuse My Grandma, and they are Kim Merstein from New York City and Gail Rudnick from Palm Beach, a grandmother and granddaughter who moved in together during the pandemic and started to create these fabulous TikTok and Instagram accounts, and of course, the famous podcast, Excuse My Grandma. Kim and Grandma Gail talk all about the generational differences in dating, fashion, and pop culture. Their videos and their show help the older generation to really understand texting, swiping, and decoding the lingo of the younger generations, the millennials and the Gen Zs. And conversely, the younger generation has a lot to learn from the older generation of, by the way, I am one of the older generation as well, um, who just seem to be more simple and straightforward and less complicated than the way younger people do things these days. Kim, who is somewhere between a Gen Z and a millennial at 25 years old, learns a lot from her grandma and vice versa. And their interaction is not only heartwarming and adorable, but often hilarious. And I'll admit Like many people, I'm obsessed with them. They're so cool, and I can't wait for you to meet them in just a moment. Just a few more fun facts about their show. Excuse My Grandma, which is at Excuse My Grandma, has 243,000 followers and 6.3 million likes on TikTok and almost 75,000 followers on Instagram and growing every day. The Excuse My Grandma podcast is consistently in the top 25 on the Apple podcast charts for relationships. Excuse My Grandma has been featured on The Rachel Ray Show in a really great interview. You can watch that online on PIX, 11 News, The Daily Front Row, Elite Daily, BuzzFeed, and Market Watch. Kim Merstein and Grandma Gail, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I have to say, first of all, that you're both so gorgeous. Kim, you're beautiful and so fun and likable on the air. You remind me of my daughter. And Gail, you you are gorgeous and your sense of fashion and style is second to none. And we all need you when we're getting ready to go on a date, even if it's with our husbands or to work or even to go on air. If this is what 80 looks like, 80's got to be the new 45. And I'm not just saying that, but you really are Thank the bomb. You. Thank you so much. I keep coming with the praise, Judy. That's very good. <laughs> I know you both have always been close, but Kim, can you take us back to the height of COVID when you decided to leave New York City temporarily and move to Palm Beach to live with your grandparents? Yeah. So I was working remotely at the time for a news network and went down to live with my grandparents because everyone was kind of leaving New York City at the time. So I moved with them and I safely was going on dates outside and everything. And my grandma was pushing
encouraging me to do so. And she, you know, was swiping through my apps for me. She was picking out my outfits for date night. We would debrief when I got back on like most of the things that most of the things, not all the things, but most of the things that happened on the date. And we just realized how many generational differences there are from the 1950s and 60s when she was first dating to now in 2022. And we decided to start the podcast and then later on TikTok and Instagram because we thought, as you said, um, there's so much just to learn from each other and like what we're going through. So cool. And by the way, she's 26 now. Yeah, I was oh. going to say that was the only, I'm 26 now. So, we but I do a 24 when we really started the program. Was wow. It? Two well, years ago. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. That's so cool. Gail, I know you have other grandchildren that you're very close to as well, but you and Kim seem to have always had this very special relationship. Can you describe for us what you love about your granddaughter, Kim, and what your relationship was like even before all of this started? First of all, she's my oldest grandchild. So there's always a special relationship with your first because you've had more experience and more more of the complications that happen with a grandparent and parents. So you have more to work through on the first time around. Um, we were always close. We lived very near each other in Manhattan and I would always babysit. And I saw her growing up into a fabulous young woman going off to college, graduating with honors, and then going into a career that she always wanted to do. And we're all very proud of her. And I think I vicariously was living through a lot of her experiences since I really never had that myself. After I graduated college, I got married. So it was very exciting to see the path that she was taking. And then when, unfortunately, when COVID struck, our worlds all changed for everyone. And I sort of got a little benefit because I got one grandchild to come live with me. So that was very special. And then I was seeing the world through a different lens, basically, mm -hmm. because the world that she lives in as far as dating and being out with uh, her peers was very different from when I was with my contemporaries. So it's been fun and it's been interesting and a learning experience. Kim, I know you're a Pisces like me and your grandma's a Taurus. That's a great combination, by the way. That was my dad. What has been the best part for you about going through this pandemic together? Mm. Well, on the Zodiac front, that it actually does have a lot to do with our personalities, I think, and our dynamic. And therefore, it is related to that question of like how we interact with one another because I am definitely more like emotional and empathetic and I overanalyze and sometimes I'm like not logical. And Grandma Gail is very like stubborn, logical, sees it how it is, you know, and opinionated. So I think just having that dynamic, it's like both very good because we balance each other, but also mm -hmm. dangerous because it's hard to like agree on some things. And then you do have really like interesting discussions. So I think whether it's the pandemic or now, um, we always like want to hear each other's sides and share our opinions. And we respect each other's opinions. Yeah. We don't necessarily have to agree with them, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're coming from very different places in history and it's interesting to listen to each other's points of view. And we're learning. So fabulous. Everyone has to take note and bridge the gap the way you guys are doing because it's just so wonderful, especially for our audience. Our Zoomer audience is made up mm -hmm. of a lot of parents and grandparents who I know really will appreciate this. I know dating is a big part of all of this. And like you, Gail, I remember before I was married, when I went on dates, often you were fixed up or you went on a blind date, or you met at a party, and it was just so much simpler. And I know this because I also have a daughter who's close to your age, Kim. So 
I'm just wondering, things like online dating and dating apps and all the rules and the do's and the don'ts. Kim, can you paint us a picture of what dating looks like these days and what your dating trajectory has been like? Yeah. So... Oh, it's we so it's so complicated. We talk about this so much and we overanalyze it so much, but that's what exactly what my generation does. We an- overanalyze everything <laughs> because there's so much in our digital relationship that, you know, wasn't a thing in the past. So we're texting, we have dating apps, we have all of these ways to meet people now, and so we have endless amounts of choices when it comes to dating. So we can meet someone in person. We can be fixed up on a date by a family member or a friend. We can meet someone on an app and there's dozens of apps that are great. So it's really just having all of these options and not feeling like, is there somebody better out there? Even if I connect with the person now, there's 10 other matches that I match with today. How do I know that one of them aren't the one? And I think my generation also sometimes, whether it's a misconception or not, has this idea of there needs to be a spark. There needs to be what I saw on The Bachelor last Monday (laughs) or the romantic comedy that I'm obsessed with. And I think based off my conversations with my grandma, that was less heavily weighted than it is today. Well, we would never have even looked at a program like The Bachelor (laughs) or like any of these, whatever you're talking about, those survival things on islands. Uh, You know, that's very foreign to our way of thinking. And I do, you know, I, I worry that, young people today, whether mm-hmm. it be a guy or a girl, fantasizes too much about who it should be in your future and not just let it go easily and just find mm-hmm. happiness on a level. You don't have to have the absolute high or the, or unfortunately, then a very bad low. Mm-hmm. I mean, that you don't want either. But expectations shouldn't get out of hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a big problem that I think because we're watching all these fantasy programs and that isn't really life. Mm-hmm. And um, we've even spoken to the bachelors on our program <laughs> and they know it's not life. You know, they mm-hmm. themselves are saying this. But unfortunately, when a young person is watching that in their early 20s and they see what's happening, they think, oh, that's going to happen to me. And, and you know, sometimes it does, but very rarely. And you want people to have good expectations, healthy expectations, Mm -hmm. not out of the, uh, in the stars that are going to collide together. I'm just wondering with you, Gil, you've been married for 60 years. And so not yet. Don't rush me. Oh, oh, not not yet. yet. Close to 60. Going to be 59. Going to be 59. 59. Awesome. Congratulations on that. That's like a hundred in Hollywood, you know, that's a it's like a thousand in real life. Trust me. <laughs> it's true. What is the secret, do you think, to your success? That's one question. I'm going to give you a double barreled question. And also, did you know pretty early on that this was the guy and were there sparks and all of that? All right. I'm going to take the second question first. Were there sparks? No, there weren't. We liked each other. We respected each other. We sort of enjoyed each other's company. We really didn't, you know, in 1961, when I met my husband, 62, there was no sleeping together. There was none of that nonsense. So we have no idea what the sparks might have been or might not have been. But we had family backgrounds that were similar. We had similar socioeconomic desires together. We knew where we were going in life. Uh, We didn't know much because I was 21 and he was 23. So how much can you basically know? But we knew we wanted a family and we knew we wanted certain kind of lifestyle. And we were willing 
to take a chance because it really was a chance. Half of the people, no more than half, I would say 70% of the young couples who I started out with got divorced within 10 years. So we were the very lucky ones that stayed together. And you know, when you make a, my family felt when you make a commitment, you stick with it. Now, unless you're miserably unhappy, you had to work things out. My mother said one thing, you're getting married, you can't come home. So, uh, you know, it was, it was not the kind of thing. If you don't feel well tomorrow, sweet, come home. It's all right. We didn't, weren't raised that way. We had to make, you know, there were hard times. Every relationship goes through it. And there were wonderful times. And we made a life together on mutual respect. Mm -hmm. And that I think is the whole story. You have to respect him and he has to respect you. You have different roles in the relationship. And as long as it's all spelled out in the beginning, uh, I never shared a checking account with my husband ever. And uh, my husband never told me I couldn't buy a pair of shoes because he said, if you can afford it, you go do it. So I always had money set aside for what I wanted. There was never a fight over money. Mm -hmm. That was never an issue because we made it in the beginning. His money was my money. (laughs) And he would just put it in. And he said, as long as I don't hear from you at the end of the month with asking for more, we're good. And I I never did. I knew my boundaries. I knew how to live within a budget or whatever that we had together. So we, we developed a relationship we never fought about really. The only thing we would ever argue about, I think basically were the children. Mm-hmm. That was, oh, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're doing this, whether you're doing that, that could have been a comfort. That was an issue mm-hmm. uh, on many things, but we always solved it together. Eventually one of us went one way, one of us decided to go over to the other side. And that's a secret. That's the secret. So I'm wondering, because of that mutual respect and admiration and all those wonderful good old-fashioned values, did the spark sort of come? Meaning, I have a friend who will go away with her husband and say, sometimes I'm in the middle of the ocean with him and I go, now I remember why I fell in love with you. So does that sort of happen because of that wonderful common denominator that you share? I, well, I think in, in my case, since it did, I mean, I, I must say my husband and I have enjoyed each other's company. We, we like each other. Um, spark. I don't think at 80 years old, you're sparking unless there's a fire in the house. So I, I, I really don't think that's happening. Uh, but you know, we like to be together and we still do. We still enjoy our dinners together when we're just by ourselves. We like, um, our own company. And we're very comfortable in our own personalities. He has a very different personality than I, and I'm much more outgoing than he. And it sort of worked. It worked Mm -hmm. through the years. And um, I guess it's going to have to keep working because I'm not making a switch now. (laughs) I have too much vested interest in this. Gail, you started weighing in a lot about your granddaughter Kim's dating life and noticed that she was on all these dating apps as mentioned. You would give your opinions on where to go on dates, what outfits to wear. And similarly, Kimmy taught you a lot of the, and I'm using Kimmy because that's what you call her. Actually, I'm the only person (laughs) that actually says Kimmy. But now everyone (laughs) calls me that because of her. Um, And you say that your granddaughter taught you a lot of the new dating dating lingo. And you even have this segment that I love called Grandma Interprets Texts I've Sent to Guys. I'd love to throw out some of this lingo to both of you and have you explain what you think these initially meant and what they mean nowadays. So sliding into DMs, anyone. 
Well, I know what it is. He knows so. what it is. <laughs> I, I don't know. Sliding into everything seems to be that, that we're going to – she's meeting somebody. No, Grandma, no. What, what is, what is, come on. <laughs> I, know, I forgot. What is it, sweetheart? Sliding into DMs is you direct message someone on Instagram. When you slide in, you, oh, you directly message them. I forget that all the time. People say that to you all the time and you seem I to know. know. I just ignore them. I don't, I don't really know. What, what does ghosting someone mean? Oh, that I know. Go ahead. When you don't want to pick up the phone, you just let it. <laughs> you let, let it die, and you don't give an explanation. I want to play a fun game, which is really what you guys do on your show and in your videos. And I want to give the listeners all of a couple of words that teens and Gen Zers are using and their boomer equivalents. So the word "fit," which I always thought just meant being in shape, but it has another meaning too. What is it? Fit. Wait, I yes. thought it was uh, the only reason I know fit. Oh, oh, I know outfit. Like what <laughs> yeah. you're wearing. Like oh, exactly. Like it's like it's like um, short abbreviated form. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Exactly. Timmy's okay, gonna get all of these. Yeah. I'm not gonna get any. <laughs> you got one. You got ghosting. Uh, tea to me is something that you have when you're British, and it's four o'clock in the afternoon. But there's a whole other meaning for tea these days. What is it, and how do you use it? The gossip. Spill the tea. What's yeah. the tea? Um, you want to, yeah, find out what happened. <laughs> find out what happened. I love this one. Lit, to me, it means when something is lit up, but it now means a whole other thing. And it often has to do with a party. Um, so this one I feel like has two. You can be lit, which is like drunk or like on, like you're either, yeah, drunk or high or whatever, like, or that it's just really fun. So like, oh, the party's lit right now. Love that. I haven't been to a party that's been lit in 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> glow up, glow up. Lovely. It means um, now you look like a lot better. Better is a subjective term, but um, <laughs> it'll be like, oh, she has her hair done and her makeup done. Like what a glow up from how she looked before. Oh, God. Wow. That's so cute. Cancel culture. I mean, you know what that is. Cancel culture is when somebody <laughs> does something that the mass public has an issue with and they decide that they should cancel that person. Um, against, we're against cancel we're against, culture. We're, we're we don't like that. Culture. We don't like that. Yeah, either. We don't like that, that at all. We think everybody has a right to their opinion. Absolutely. Um, salty, I thought was something that it, this, the chicken soup is too salty. The matzo ball soup is too salty. What did Gen Z's mean when they use the word salty? Salty is when you're like pissed off about something. And so <laughs> let's say I don't show up on a date, then the guy has the right to be salty toward me. I would say. salty. Okay. This one I've really never heard and it's bougie. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Bougie. Oh. Bougie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, if you like to, I don't know in Canada, if, they, if you like to go to Nobu and then <laughs> oh, you Nobu. go to Prada and buy a bag and you're walking around, you're being, you're being very bougie. Right. <laughs> a little too out there. <laughs> a little too out there. And this one, I don't even know how to pronounce. Chugi. Do we know Chugi, this one? It, yeah. Chugi <laughs> is what people call millennials when they're doing things that like are a little cringe. Um, but I, I was saying it the other day and my brother who's Gen Z said he didn't even know what Chugi was. So I think maybe the millennials <laughs> made gone. this name up for themselves or it's already passe. <laughs> it's passe. Things pass in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The word snack to me is always what you have in between meals at four o'clock when you get home from school and you're hungry before dinner. What's a snack? Gail. 
Oh, I have no idea. You have to direct these to Kimberly. I have no idea what any of these mean except for eating a bag of potato chips. So can we take it away? A snack is when you look hot or attractive. Ooh, she looks like a snack. So drip. In my day, drip meant a nerd. But today it means something else. Coffee. (laughs) I read that it means you have have a cool fashion style. You've got like oh, great maybe. drip. Oh. I don't know. Okay. That yeah, might be yeah, yeah. Very Gen Z. Very Gen Z. That's I love very Gen Z. I'm very good. I'm in the middle, so I still don't know some of the terms. I'm excited that I taught you something. Oh my god! Yeah. And I'm <laughs> I'm in between both of your ages on the higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I Y K Y K. If you know, you know. Awesome. And I love this one too. I'm weak. Just means like it's really funny. Like yeah. if you make a joke, you be like, I'm weak. <laughs> it's hilarious. And finally, extra. It's not a small part in a film. It's, oh my God, you're so extra, which is- Over the top. Over the top. Even over the know top. That one. Over the top. I love that. Kim, I love the way, thank you for doing that, guys. That was fun. I love the way you've described dating apps as, quote, having access to several bars in your pocket. Can you explain what you meant by that? Yeah, I have said that a few times now, haven't I? I I guess what I mean by that is that kind of what I was saying before, it's an endless amount of options. So like when you go to a bar, there's, let's say, 100 people in the room and you can go up to any of them and meet somebody else. And that's kind of what I mean by it's literally in your pocket. You don't have to get off the couch and you have access to endless amounts of people that want to connect with you. Nice, nice. So that kind of makes sense. That sort of sounds like a sensible way to do it. And not just for dating, but texts in general tend to be overanalyzed. We look for hidden meanings and agendas. Kim, you say, quote, my friends and I tend to overanalyze texts from our dates, but my grandma sees the red flags right away. Gail, can you elaborate what are some of the red flags to look out for on a first date or in a relationship or midlife having a new relationship? Well, I don't know if any of those things come up in text, except that when you, somebody brought it up to us recently, if somebody's texting you at very weird times of the day, then you have to be careful because why is somebody texting you only at 11 o'clock at night rather than perhaps at nine o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock in the morning? So, you know, there are certain things, I guess there's a pattern that you have to be a little aware of uh, because nobody speaks on the phone anymore, which is sad um, until they're ready to get engaged. They're still texting. Uh, And I think that I would say the abundance of texts are too much, Mm -hmm. which is really goes into that same conversation. Well, another one that you say like is kind of a red flag that I sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know, is if someone's like, oh, sorry, I haven't seen this text after like a week. And you're like, well, you've been on your phone. Yeah, I mean, you know, this generation, unlike (laughs) my generation for sure, looks at their phone every second of the day. The phone (laughs) never leaves the table, never leaves their hand. And so somebody who says to you, oh, I haven't seen your text, that's just a lie. They've seen it. They haven't wished to respond. And um, if you like that person and they're not responding right away or within a certain amount of, you know, legitimate time, Mm -hmm. I would say there's something wrong. So that's a little red flag, not a major red flag, but definitely a red flag. One of the things I love about your videos is your whole fashion thing, the way you help Kim get dressed on dates and you go into her closet. And I even love when you both wear outfits from the same store, but do a different take on it. And it's just Mm -hmm. so cool. Well, that's become our brand. (laughs) It's such a good brand. We love like fashion brands and companies who do appeal to both of our generations. And we kind of discuss this about fashion a lot of like some brands really do just 
appeal to like, oh, what's young, what's trendy, what's whatever. And they're not thinking, and that's fine for if they just want to focus on people in their twenties and thirties or whatever. But we really do love companies who kind of make things that both of us can wear. And we're very classic dresses, both, yeah. both of us. So yes. we have a similar eye. We like similar type of things. We're actually the same height. She's got a better body, but <laughs> that's the way it should be. But we look at things the same way, but yet I look at it with a little bit of a twist. Uh, and she likes my advice on it because I can, from experience, I sort of know what looks good on her. Sometimes she'll put on something that an eight foot tall person should be wearing. And I say, Kim, remember, you're on the five foot two frame. You got to look what's good for you. You can't wear an animal print with all kinds of things when you're small. You know, can wear it in a purse. You can wear it perhaps in a scarf, but you can't wear an overall print when you're five foot. And it's something I had to learn early on. And I laugh at it because I have one granddaughter who's 5'11", and she can put those prints on and she looks fabulous. (laughs) Uh, You know, if Kimmy puts it on, it looks ridiculous. And they're both beautiful girls. It's just a body type. So you have to look at what clothes look good for your body type. The manufacturer who's smart out there is making things that can be mixed and matched by Mm -hmm. generations. And we found a lot of them. I was going to say, I love when you do Revolve, like Revolve, that app is so cool. And I love when you critique the Revolve dresses and the different outfits, the crazy ones and the fun ones and the whatever. It's fun. It's been great fun. We're having a lot of fun with the fashion. I remember when I used to date, I would have a dating uniform, like a dating outfit that I used to love to wear. Kim, do you have a dating uniform that you love to wear on a first date? Don't answer that just yet. We're going to go on a short commercial break. When we come back, more with Finding Your Bliss and the stars of Excuse My Grandma, Kim Merstein and Grandma Gail. We'll be right back, back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio AM 740 FM 96.7. And I've been having a fabulous conversation with the hosts of the popular podcast, Excuse My Grandma, who also have over 6 million likes on TikTok. And I was just asking you, Kim, before the break, if you also have a dating uniform that you always wear on a first date. Yeah. I do repeat my outfits a lot for dates, which is <laughs> fine because it's with well, different, it's people. different people. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like I do like to do just like jeans and like a plain black or white top Simple. that's flattering, but like nothing that I'm going to like get sick of something simple, something that the guy's not going to leave and be like, why was she wearing that? Even <laughs> though like I want to like be myself. And if you're a person who wears really loud prints and you're like, I'm not changing for anyone, that's amazing. 
I like neutrals and stuff anyway. And I would rather just like, you never know someone's situation. Like I won't wear a lot of flashy jewelry or anything. You just want to be like understated. Demure. Yeah, we, Demure. We've discussed that because actually, you know what? You can't turn somebody off either. It's like a guy coming in with a plaid jacket. I would look twice at that. You know, when you're going on a first date, it should be a little reserved. You know, you can always develop your style a little yeah. later on in the dating process. It's so true. In my day, a cashmere sweater, pearls, and maybe even a tweed skirt mm-hmm. was a classy look yeah. that never got old. And I might be dating myself here. I think I am. But what is a classy look to wear on a date these days? And Gail, what do you think is a great outfit to wear on a date for someone more midlife? What do you think is the epitome of the perfect outfit? Well, I have to be very truthful. I still think a great pair of either leather pants or pleathered pants, a cute little boot or a flat and a very nice sweater is more than enough for any age. I have loads of single girlfriends. They look really nice and they don't have, no longer are they really wearing dresses because you're not really going to such fancy places. Most of the places we're going and eating at are outside. So you tend to even... um, you know, in the wintertime, you maybe would wear a little heavier sweater with a vest or a jacket, but with the same classic jeans that Kim would wear, probably a little more cooler than what a 60, 70 or 80 would wear, but, but still in the same look, understated or a very nice little simple straight skirt with boots and a sweater. I always like keeping it simple. To me, that's the best thing. And throwing a blazer on at night if you need to wear something if it's cool out. So I wouldn't be, and certainly, and no jewelry. Jewelry has gone out now. Oh, um, really? No it, jewelry? Strictly oh. no jewelry. Oh, no boy. jewelry. You can wear a little pair of hoop earrings. Yeah, I like to wear like hoops or yeah. there's certain jewelry that yeah. I just never take off, yeah. like my necklace right. or my yeah. ring, but... We used to love to wear jewelry in the 70s, 80s. We wore beautiful pieces on a sweater or a jacket or whatever. That's gone. Nobody, That's first of all, you're, for your own security, you're not wearing that stuff on the street. And right. um, sort of the look is different. You know, it's much more casual now. Yes. Yes. What are your some of your favorite fashion brands, Kim, that you love? Like I was mentioning Revolve. I love Revolve because mm-hmm. it's so, it doesn't, I mean, I think it's better on someone your size, someone more petite, but they have so many fabulous looks. What are some of your favorites in addition to Revolve? Yeah, I think Revolve has great stuff. Um, Really, they do have for any size and they have a lot of sustainable options um, into sustainable clothing. So um, Reformation has some great stuff as well. Yes. I love that. Yeah, I love Claw Monaco. Um, I wear a lot of like athleisure type stuff. So Aloe has great stuff and I golf. So there's like, you know, G4 and 4A golf and things like that that I'm always in. Otherwise, like I could go off all day, like on, we, we wear a lot of the same brands as well, like Zadig and Voltaire or Legence and and occasionally a Gucci sweater. That's true. <laughs> we like to throw that in the mix. I know you love Gucci, Gail, uh, and it's always Gucci. been one of your faves. What yeah. do you love about Gucci? It's timeless. I have the bags from 1960 that I still have in my closet. I could still wear their, sw- I wear their sweaters day and night. Um, and I never get tired of them. You just, you know, put a different shirt underneath it or whatever, and it, it looks perfect. I tend to like the same kind of clothing all the time. So you um, can't go by me. I'm, I'm very classic in my likes. I like very simple shirts. Nothing really crazy. And I certainly don't wear crazy shoes and all that, which Kimmy knows she laughs at me mm-hmm. since I have all the same She just only wears Chanel ballet flats <laughs> in any color. Which I'm wearing one now. Yes. <laughs> or Stubbs and Mouton. <laughs> 
Yeah. So well, that's really my go-to yeah. shoes. You know what? I'm a creature of habit. I enjoy them and I feel comfortable in what I wear. So, uh, and I think that's a message I would give to young people as well as old people. As long as you're comfortable in what style you're wearing, it's the mm-hmm. style for you. Yeah. And uh, don't listen to anybody else. You have to dress for yourself. That's a very important thing. If you feel good about yourself and how you look, it'll project and other people will be receptive to your look as well. Of course, we were talking just in the virtual green room before uh, you and I, Gail, about moving to online. So I'm wondering, even with shopping, Mm -hmm. shopping has changed to a very Mm -hmm. virtual thing. But do you still prefer that in person? Like we were just at a Broadway show. We just went to see Music Man with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. Oh my God, so unbelievable. There's something about being in that live experience. Do you still prefer live shopping or have you sort of accepted the virtual online shopping platform? Actually, we're loving the online. We're doing a lot of work online with a lot of people. So we're really liking looking through the catalogs and ordering in. And sometimes it works and sometimes it, it doesn't work. Um, yeah, like grandma's looking at QVC all I day and like all ordering day long. from them. I and- love their pants. I love <laughs> their t-shirts. I could wear everything that they put on the uh, the screen now. So, uh, but we do still shop in person more, yeah. just like a activity, but not like, big. To, but I I must honestly yeah. say I and I used to love to go into the stores. I have not been in a department store in wow. two and a half years. Well, I just am not doing it. It's first of all, most of the clothes are not for me any longer. And I know which retailers are good. So I go online and and they say I get it within 48 hours. I mean, it's no big deal. So I really must say that's that's a sad thing that I think's happened to apparel that people are now going online versus the in-store yes. experience. And I yeah. don't know if they're ever going to get that back. Certainly in New York, they're not. it's not coming back so quickly. I understand that. Kim, can you tell us how your previous full-time job producing and reporting to bring on experts from every industry helped you with your podcast, of course, excuse my grandma, and with your TikTok and Instagram account? Like it's, it's almost like you found the perfect, like to have your own show based on all of your wonderful training. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It helped train me a ton. Um, when I was at a news network, I was both a reporter and a producer. So as a producer, I was writing interview questions and doing research, very similar to how we do for guests that we have on our podcast. And I worked with talent all the time. Now Grandma Gail is my talent. So I have those skills as well. <laughs> she certainly does. Uh, and then as a reporter, I was on air. So I knew um, kind of how to like carry yourself and how to speak to people and create a personality. And I think what's amazing about our brand now is it is a personal brand. So we can just be ourselves and be authentic together. And I think when you work for a company, it's obviously a lot different because you're putting forward that brand versus your personal brand. So I think it was just like a really great basis to get to where we are now. And it also created your wonderful work ethic because she worked eight hours a day in front of the screens without, you know, with a 10 minute break for lunch or a 15 minute break for lunch. Her boss should be hearing me. It was a little too short a lunch break. But the truth is she worked for two years or two and a half years doing that. And so it gave her great experience and how to run a, a show and how to outline her life the way she wanted to do it. And uh, I think without that experience, we wouldn't have as good a results as we Probably actually not. have. 
So, Kim, you already had a career and now your career is just blossoming through all of this. What is it like having this career? Because, Gail, I suspect your career always was being a mother and a grandmother and, and doing a great job of it and a wife, of course. And now you have midlife, this newfound career. Like, I think you guys are recognized on the streets. Like, you're famous. Yes, we are. We are. <laughs> and they found me in Milan recently, actually, two <laughs> Italian young women. Uh, it's been a complete change for me for the better. I have never wow. worked except in the home, raising my family, and I never wanted to. Now, all of a sudden, three, four days a week, I'm working for my boss over here. So, um, and she's a hard taskmaker. She really makes me work. So I must say it's been a lot of fun. We've met some fabulous people, which is what I like most about it. Wow. There are people I would have never met at this point in my life. And it gives me great pride and happiness that I'm doing it with my granddaughter. So that's an added bonus to the whole trip. It's been terrific. Oh, that's I so love cute. That. That's true. <laughs> so nice. I know you've done some wonderful interviews on your podcast. What was it like interviewing Batsheva and Mariam Hart from My Unorthodox Life on Netflix? We just had Batsheva and her right. sister Miriam. Right. And yeah, they are so lovely. Um... It's a while ago now, but yeah. yeah really um, a, while ago. a lot has happened in their lives. A lot has yeah. happened in their lives. Uh, but we loved that show. Yeah. We like like anything that has to do with family and kind of seeing the inside the dynamics. Character and yeah. We enjoyed it. And the girls were really very different, but very, very sincere and nice. Yeah. Yeah. Both nice. of them. And yeah, they, I mean, Miriam's like so smart and pursuing Stanford. yeah Stanford, Stanford and um Batsheva has a very cool career very similar to ours as content creators so I'm always keeping up with what she's doing that's so cool I know one of your dream guests is Oprah and so Oprah if you're listening mm -hmm. you're also one of my dream guests too yeah Kim she's and everybody's Gail. dream guest <laughs> absolutely what would you love about interviewing Oprah what would be the best part about that? Well, I think for me, she opened up a world of diversity at a time when I was watching television, when there was no diversity really on television, doing the kind of serious interviews. And then, of course, later on with her less serious ones on her show. And it really changed broadcasting for most people um, who were watching that kind of talk shows. And I think she's an icon, should be respected for what she's done. And uh, besides working her way up in radio, she then went to television and did all kinds of different things. And I think she's a role model for anyone who wants to be, who is a woman, firstly, and who wants to be respected in her field. And she's done it professionally along the way. And I think she is clearly one of the only ones that I could really say that if I was going into television full time, I would read her career path and try to see what she did and how she did it, because she is a tremendous influence on the whole field of communication. Absolutely. Do you have any dream guests, Kim, that you would love to get on the show? Let's reach out to them. Let's give them a shout out. I know. Um, <laughs> Had most of the dream guests you want. No, I mean, there's always dream yeah, guests, right? Um, I think Selena Gomez would be cool. And she's used our TikTok sound before. <laughs> so we're in her wow. orbit. Um, <laughs> I love the podcast, Call Her Daddy. The host of that, Alexandra Cooper, is brilliant in my opinion. I think she would be very cool to have on. Those are my top two right now. Awesome. I don't have any, Kim. 
I have nobody except for Oprah. Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, if she's listening, please call us. <laughs> Did you both have a sense, and I'm, I'm really, I think, directing this more to you, Kim, because you're a journalist, when you started the podcast that you had really struck gold. And did you realize at the time that this had the potential to really be uber successful as it is? Yeah, I think maybe it's narcissistic, but I think anything that I think will be a good idea becomes a good idea. And I think everyone should think that way. Um, You have to believe in yourself. I think you won't know if something's going to be great unless you try it. It could have obviously no one could have liked it and I would have pivoted. But I think I didn't start a podcast alone for a reason. I think there are a lot of girls in my position who want to be influencers and we're all the same. You have to have something different about you. Mine was the relationship with my grandma. I don't see that a lot on social media. I feel like it's something that was lacking. So I was hoping to add something to that landscape. Um, so if you're going to like be a content creator in anything that you're doing, I would say make sure that like you're adding something new and you're making the content that you want to watch. And we also had a very captive audience at the time that was watching us because people were home. You know, they were not running outside because everybody was nervous about their health. So a lot of people tune into us that probably on a normal basis wouldn't have. And now they're, you know, they see it pop up on the screen. They say, oh yeah, we're going to listen to her again this week. But I think it was timing also for us, especially that was very advantageous. Absolutely. There seems to be this divide between the generations. And you've said that younger people accuse boomers of being out of touch and older adults often look down on millennials and Gen Zers. And when you started Excuse My Grandma, there wasn't another podcast out there that showcased the perspective of people 50 years apart. That's quite tremendous and how you can learn from each other. I'm sure you're getting incredible emails and texts from people who love your show. What has been the reaction from other grandparents and grandchildren? And is there an email text or dare I say an old fashioned letter that you've received that really stands out for you? Yeah, I mean, we get a ton and that's why we do it at the end of the day. So I always urge anyone who like loves listening to something like tell the people because it's so nice to hear. Yeah. I think people come to me all the time and they're like, it reminds me so much of the relationship that I had with my grandmother. And it's like nostalgic in that way. Some people say that I never had that relationship with a maternal figure and now I can watching through you two. And some people say, even if they still have that relationship with their grandma, they're like, we like to listen together. I showed her it. Now we can talk about it every week. So yeah, I think it's like really what we set out to do of like having that gap between the generations just a little bit smaller. Oh, that's so fast. You know, it's amazing. I had that relationship with my grandma sibling and I really get it. And she was the love of my life. What are the best benefits between a grandparent and a grandchild? What is there in this relationship that is different and that characterizes you from all the other relationships? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it matters to the grandma because it keeps one young and makes you keep thinking young. You know, you don't get caught up with depression, which can happen as your years go on. You know, happy things are less frequent than they were when you were younger. And I think listening to what young people are doing today, whether you approve of it or not, you're still listening to it. And it's broadening your horizons. Mm -hmm. And it really does broaden your horizon because you're seeing it through a new perspective or new lens. And I think that's very important. I think you never stop learning. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, that's been my take on the whole thing, which I've enjoyed, that you keep expanding what you might have thought was true 50 years ago isn't so true anymore. So now you listen to the new truth and that's just fine because in 50 years, that truth won't matter. It'll be a new truth. So it's just listening to each other and enjoying each other's company. And I think like maybe to answer the question, like our relationship, maybe why it's different than some others is the amount that we share. I definitely like am an oversharer just in general. So like any little text that somebody sends me, like I'm going to my grandma about it or like every time that I'm wearing an outfit, she has to like help me with it. Of course, there's a line like and I can work on that in therapy of like maybe there's too much you're sharing, right? But um, well, it sounds good for the show too, Kim. No, of course. And it's like what we do. So this is our living at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think just probably that's what differentiates us, like how much we actually do talk about and share and like some people's relationships they just check in once a year, whatever it is, like everyone's different. But I would like probably say it's always good to share a little bit and and hear someone's perspective. You don't have to take the advice if you don't want to. Right. It's so great. You know, I've read that there's studies that show that children who have grandparents and close relationships with grandparents are better off, more well-adjusted, happier Mm -hmm. and more in their bliss, that there's something about that relationship. Well, we never criticize that's yes. the difference between a grandparent. Oh you know my that. God, that's well, we such a lie. No, we don't criticize on certain things. Criticizing your dates is definitely, a, that's in the pile. We're definitely criticizing definitely those criticize. guys. That's but I don't true. think, but I, no, I, I, you're not as critical. I shouldn't say criticize. Parents' role is to raise the children. And right. a grandparent's role is really to praise them. And so along the way, our roles have, have somehow crossed the line. But uh, I think really most grandparents don't see anything wrong with their grandchildren. It's really it's a, um, an idyllic feeling that you have for this particular child. And I think it's transmitted to the child that you're dealing with. They know that they, it's undivided love. It's like falling in love all over again. I want to exactly. ask, speak, right? I want to ask, speaking right. of love, Kim, can you describe what the epitome is for you, for your ultimate soulmate and the love of your life? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I want someone to add to my life, not just like fit in or be in it. Um, I feel like I am like a whole human being and I'm working toward being the best I can be every day. I don't want someone to come in and fix my problems, but I would love for someone to make everything more exciting, make food taste better, make music sound better, all of that. So that's the goal. Good luck. <laughs> I hope you find it. And I have very good instincts and I feel you're going to, and I feel it's going to happen in the next year. And I really hope that Ooh. happens for you. Thank you. What is bliss for Kim Merstein? Mm, I think bliss is being happy with yourself and with your family. Your family is always going to be there and relationships at the end of the day, I think is what like makes your life special. That's great. What is bliss for Grandma Gail? That all of my children and grandchildren should have a happy life. That's it. Just be happy. Don't think about too much. Just enjoy each other's lives. That's lovely. And what is bliss for the two of you together when you're working, hanging out, eating dinner or lunch together? What is bliss for you as a unit? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if there's there's such a thing as bliss as a unit. (laughs) We have to think about that. Maybe both of us going out for lunch together. 
enjoying each other's company, taking a walk outside and looking at the sky and saying, oh, another successful day. Yeah, I think just like laughing. Yeah. Yeah. We have fun together. That's so great. The Excuse My Grandma podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and you have over 6 million likes on TikTok. What day can people tune into your newest podcast episode and what exciting things do you guys have coming up? You can tune into our podcast every Thursday. We have new episodes and yeah, you can like listen whenever you want throughout the day. We're free obviously to listen to and on social media, we're excuse my grandma. And I would just expect a lot more from the two of us. Yeah. But I also think for those who don't know about us, they should start from the beginning of our podcast and see the progression. We have some wonderful people giving advice out Mm -hmm. to young people and older people. And it would be really a mistake to just tune in now tune yeah. in from I think we have I don't know how many um, about 70 about something 70 now different podcasts so when you're d- walking in the park when you're on your exercise equipment just hook it in and start from the beginning yeah binge listen binge li- because we've changed and we're trying to change and evolve all the time so evolve with us come with us along for the ride that's so fabulous and the best way for people to contact you and connect with you on social media just give us the handles is Excuse my grandma. So nice and simple. I want to thank you both so much, Kim and Gail, for being on the show today. It was so delightful to have you here. Or I can also tell you it was such a vibe. And you guys really are the GOAT, which for our listeners who don't know what that means, as I did not, it means the greatest of all time. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Judy. And have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy. Thank you. The same to you. We're going to go on a short commercial break. More with Finding Your Bliss when we come back. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. Hi, we are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio. And we've just had a wonderful conversation with the hosts of the podcast, Excuse My Grandma. And if you haven't heard it, I love their suggestion of going all the way back to the beginning of the podcast and binge listening. There are about 70 episodes to date. We'd love to hear what you loved about this interview and what suggestions you have for future guests and topics that we can cover on the show. And of course, each week we spotlight a celebrity, author, or a fascinating person who has found and is following their bliss. We also love to promote singers and musicians on this show. If you're a singer, please reach out to us. And if you're an artist, author, yoga, meditation, mindfulness expert, or really anyone who has the secret to living your bliss, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. I'm also a life coach, and if I can help you in any way, let me know. 
I love coaching and it truly is my bliss to help people find their bliss. You can reach out and contact me at findingyourbliss.com slash coaching. And I'm also on Insight Timer, the number one free meditation app. All you have to do is search up Judy Liebrach. And of course, you can always follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. In Bliss News, we are so excited to announce Stars of David, a night of Jewish-themed comedy, which is coming to Richmond Hill. Three headlining comedians who have appeared all across the country and at all the major festivals will put on a show guaranteed to make you howl with laughter. You've seen them all on Just for Laughs and heard them on CBC Radio's The Debaters, and now you can see them live in a special one-night event at Joker's Theatre and Comedy Club at 115 York Boulevard in Richmond Hill. Tickets are limited and available now at www.jokers.ca or you can call 905-881-JOKE. That's 905-881-5653 for tickets. And one of those headliners is one of our former guests, Simon Rakoff, one of the funniest guys all across Canada. I would like to thank our wonderful guests for being on the show today. Thank you to Kim Merstein and Gail Rudnick from Excuse My Grandma. Fantastic podcast. Also, thank you to Mag Ruffman, Siobhan Kylie, Lauren Kaminsky, producer and audio engineer, Naira Amani, associate editor and video editor, Sierra Brown Rodriguez, audio producer, Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. We're going to close out the show today with a short meditation, and here it is. I would love to focus today's meditation on believing that you can, just believing that you can do it, positivity, optimism. So begin by settling back and gently close your eyes and allow every worry or negative thought to just float away. And as you ease into a state of calm and relaxation, just tell yourself that today I am happy. Today I am capable. Today I am worthy. Imagine that you are sitting on a shore or on a beach, watching the waves rolling in, feeling so happy and peaceful and so relaxed. Begin by taking in a nice deep breath right in. Breathing in the fresh air and the sunshine and letting go of all stress and tension. Letting it all go in a nice, deep exhale. Good. Now take another deep breath right in. Hold it at the top and then breathe out slowly and evenly. Well done. One more beautiful cleansing breath right in, breathing in the air and sea and sunshine, right in, holding it. And now breathing out slowly, any negativity or worries, letting it all go. And repeat again to yourself, today I am happy, today I am capable, Today I am worthy. And as you hear your voice saying these positive affirmations, just watch the waves settling down and notice how the ocean before you becomes still, calm, and clear. 
Breathe in the beautiful ocean air once more. Breathing in to the count of four. Holding it at the top for four counts. And now letting it all go for the count of eight. Lengthening the exhale. Slowly letting it all go till you are completely and totally relaxed and serene. Repeat to yourself again, today I am happy, today I am capable, today I am worthy. And take in one final beautiful breath right in. Hold it and let it all go. Feeling calm and tranquil, calm and serene, and completely hopeful and positive. Let the feelings of optimism flood through your body, mind, and spirit. One final inhale right in here. And one final exhale, letting it all go. Gently open your eyes, stretch and yawn, wiggle your fingers and toes, come back to the space and smile. Today I am happy. Today I am capable. Today I am worthy. For everyone here, I'm Judy Liebrack, reminding you all to stay hopeful and optimistic and take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.